1: very, very carefully. Hey it's me, again. Eat him up. Enjoy it. Okay, hold
0: on. Just give me like ten more seconds.
1: I don't know if we want to do the Jeopardy thing here or
0: What Jeopardy thing?
1: Dude. Oh no, do, that do, would not do, be helpful. Do, do, do.
0: <laughs> hello, hello everyone. Welcome to Feeling It. Each week on this show we like to share what pieces of pop culture we're really feeling. Whatever show, movie, song, or tech, we just can't get out of our heads. In addition to those picks, this week we'll be talking about Arrival, the new sci-fi drama starring Amy Adams. But before we get started with all of that, let's introduce ourselves. And when we do, let's answer the question: What's your favorite word in a different language? Lucas, why don't you start us off?
1: Well, I'm Lucas Wright, a designer from the Bay Area, and my favorite word has to be the German word, which I just recently learned. Um, I'm gonna butcher this, but "Kummerschmeck," "Kummerspeck." How do you spell it? K U M M E R S P E C K, Kumar speck. Kumar Um and basically there's not an actual word for it in the Eng- in the English language, but basically it's emotional overeating, uh which I feel is oh, super yeah. appropriate this time Whoa. of year. Um and it literally translates to grief bacon. Um but <laughs> like <laughs> but basically it's yeah, getting fat through emotional overeating, which is a uh, it's Christmas in a nutshell, so.
2: <laughs> I'm Lawson Soward. I'm a art director from Nashville, Tennessee. And uh, my favorite word in another language is an adjective in Spanish. It's, uh, you could, depending on whether you're addressing a male or female object, it's either acomplejado or acomplejada, uh, which, like, it's a kind of a cognate. Um, when I first learned the word, I was like, oh, that means complicated, but it means... Uh, complex like complexed, like something with a whole lot of complexes, <laughs> like um, if a person is so has a lot of like emotional baggage and a lot of different things weighing in on what they make the reasons they make decisions, you would say that they are complejado. And I just thought that that was a word that needed to exist in every language. I think it's beautiful.
0: Wonderful. Well, I'm Sandra Omstutz. I'm a social media manager in Nashville, Tennessee. And mine is also a Spanish word. Um, the From what I understand, there's lots of different kind of translations and meanings. And uh, it's a, kind of a hard word to translate. But the translation that I think is the simplest way to describe it is it's the word um, duende. And the translation is the mysterious power that a work of art has to deeply move a person. So it's like kind of all those tingly feelings you get when... Experiencing some form of art, that like spine chilling, goosebumps, heart fluttering kind of nice. feeling. Yes. Um, That's a good one. And so, uh, yeah, I, I really enjoy it. And, you know, all of us picked very like emotional <laughs> words, which I love. Uh, <laughs> uh, and I'm really excited for like these conversations to take place later on in the episode when we talk about her rival. But before we do all of that, uh, let's start and talk about what we're feeling this week. Lucas, why don't you kick us off?
1: I will kick it off with my pick of the week. Is the Night Manager? It's a mini series produced by BBC One and AMC combined, which was interesting. So um, it was able to premiere both in the US and in the UK um, on different channels. But at, I have said this before, but mini series mini series limited run series are the best this is I think my favorite thing that has come out of this I think decade of television is the ability to just do Mm -hmm. a a story in as long as you actually want it to be it doesn't have to be a two-hour movie it doesn't have to be a seven season tv show you can commit to you know whatever time in between there you actually want to tell your story and that I think has produced some really, really, really great work. Um Lucas, both yeah.
0: That's your proclivity for like British.
1: Oh, it's true. It's so true. <laughs> <laughs> just make things as long as they should be. You don't have to have a 24 uh, episode, yeah. <laughs> 20 uh, 45 minute season. It's not
0: And then like Exactly, nine seasons exactly. Of it. Just
1: just make what's good oh. and then be done. It's uh it's a show that this is was interesting to me. It was directed by um <laughs> Susan Beyer, Susan Bear, something like that um all all six episodes uh were directed by her and she actually won i think it was an emmy for it for directing that the the whole series but it is a beautiful show it is a basically the story of of tom hiddleston uh the night manager at a hotel in cairo uh basically goes undercover to reveal and um and capture an arms dealer um played by hugh Laurie. Um, with the the help of a British Secret Service person, I think, uh, played by Olivia Colman, who is fantastic. A pregnant Olivia Colman in this series <laughs> is amazing. Um, and it has all of these little kind of side characters. As, I mean, it's super British. So lots of people that you see in other British things show up. Um, but this this show, in six episodes, you get so much emotional range played by Tom Hiddleston's character who is, this is basically his audition to be James Bond. Um, but this show is so much better than any James Bond movie could possibly be. Um, I think he should stick to doing these things and not get tied up in that terrible franchise. Um, Shots fired. I know. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> very much so. After after Daniel Craig's era, um, I would not want to be involved in in anything that happened with, uh, with that company. Meaning
0: you think it was bad or you wouldn't want to follow Daniel Craig? Uh,
1: I think it was bad. I think it was, okay. It, uh, it took away from the, from the genre that was James Bond. James Bond had a specific genre and I know you can't go back and do stuff after Mike Myers parody of it. Um, so you have to kind of change it up, but we're getting off topic. <laughs> okay, go ahead. No, go ahead. um, yeah, so the, the the night manager. I've changed topics like four times here. Basically, this is it's based <laughs> on a novel um, that came out in the '90s, um, and it really kind of sticks to that. The it's it's not it's not a period piece. It's not set in the '90s, but just the style of the filmmaking and the feel of it. It's based on the book by uh, the same title by John John Le Carre, um, who also wrote A Most Wanted Man and Tinker Ta- Taylor Soldier Spy, also. Two things that have been made into movies. Um, it it very much follows kind of that same slow slow burn. Um, n- when you think of spy stuff, it's more, you know, gadgets and like I I just talked about James Bond, but more James Bond is what you think of with spy. This is more real, just people talking to each other a lot, lots of paperwork, lots of politics, that kind of thing. And it sounds terrible, but that plays really well with the amount of um action that they also include and the amount of tension um that derides from having kind of so much build up to a lot of these performances so i would watch it i would watch it it's six hours that's all you, it's all you have to commit to it it's less than a film trilogy less, th- less than less than lord of the rings uh film trilogy so <laughs> and you everyone should watch that so <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah this is something that's been on my list lucas and you know hopefully i'll get to it you know with all I know, the TV right? That is also on my list, but it's something that I've heard. Only, yeah, it's it's
1: about. it's something that can always be kind of sitting in the background, and then if you have you know an empty Saturday, <laughs> you can just binge through it all in one go. So, man, I will feel so accomplished
2: if I get to the point in my TV queue where I can watch <laughs> that. I'm like, I'm glad that it's good, but there's oh, so man. much still to watch. That's so, yep. cool. sure. I'm, but I'm glad.
0: All right, well, Lawson, what are you feeling this week?
2: This week, I am feeling uh, the new album uh, Awaken My Love by Childish Gambino, which is the stage name of Donald Glover. I'm really, really excited by this album. I He really reinvented himself with this music. Um, it's a lot more Parliament Funkadelic and a lot less Kid Cudi, um, which is to say There is no rapping on this album, it is all funk music, and I didn't expect that. He's been dropping a couple of singles, um, kind of dropping hints at what his new music was going to sound like, but even when he was dropping some singles, I didn't know whether it was going to be kind of musical interludes in between uh, tracks where he would be rapping still, Uh, but it turns out that the whole album is that way, and it's beautiful and uh, just really engrossing. I have been stoked about this album for months. Um, It's been—I don't know quite how to describe my level of anticipation um, because it's so nuanced. Uh, Whenever there was months ago, like back way way back before the summer, um, Donald Glover's Twitter account, which had been dormant for months, uh, was or maybe even years at that point. Come to think of it. Uh, tweeted out a single link to download an app called Pharos. Um did you guys hear about this back when it happened? Not nope at all. Okay, this this blew my whole <laughs> week whenever it happened. So Pharos was an app you could download and it was the only way to buy tickets to what was going to be Donald Glover's only concert of the year. Um and it was, so the reason you could only buy them on your phone was because you could only scan in through your phone, so using the app completely um, got rid of scalping, like scalping was impossible, Um, and it was uh, five concerts at Joshua Tree in California, so it was the weekend before, uh, it was set to be the weekend before Labor Day, and you could like, camp if you were over 21 so you could like stay out there for the night but it was like there was no technology anywhere um you know those bags that they have now that you can zip up your smartphones Uh so you can't use them are you guys familiar with those yeah yeah so they gave those out to everybody whenever they got there and then there were these there was a huge uh stage and where he performed this album in its entirety um, that was back before Atlanta was out and so there was another like huge dome where you could go over and watch the first three episodes of Atlanta um, in like this nice. big amphitheater and then he also had this thing that I don't even know what it is because no one had pictures of it because no one could uh, called it an illumination forest um, but basically he just like made what sounds like one of the most incredible concert experiences that I can re- even remember hearing of um, and just from his rap career I was already really excited the prospect of being able to go to that blew my mind and I was like kind of I knew that when that was happening that meant he had a new album but I also knew in kind of this contented way that I couldn't go to that concert and that the people that were going to be able to go to that concert were going to have a really unique um like once in a lifetime kind of experience and that it was just For them like it wasn't there wouldn't be any leaked photos there wouldn't be any leaked videos Um, it wasn't a tour where I had to worry about whether or not I could get my ticket I was just really um, in a state of admiration for Donald Glover for putting that together and for the fact that you know he had a show to premiere at this thing in addition to all the other stuff he created all the set pieces and all the music Um, so I was really really excited about um, the Pharaohs app when it first dropped and knowing that there was a new album, and then uh, a, about a week ago, the Pharaohs app updated, and it was a uh, VR experience of that concert, so apparently they put one of those like 360 cameras there while the concert was happening, and the first single, Me and Your Mama, and uh, like Donald Glover performed it on stage and you could watch it and you could like turn and look all around. And he was covered in like this uh, tribal uh, neon uh, black light paint and dancing around and screaming and singing and getting so into the performance. And it was just, it was so cool. And it brought a whole new level of, um, of like, I don't know. I was just so happy it existed. It's like one of those things that you can just be happy exists, even if you don't get <laughs> to experience it yourself. And so, like, being able to get a sneak peek into it was, was wonderful. Um, but anyway, I just, like, more than the album itself, I am excited for artists expressing themselves with this much creative control and this much inspiration, um, this much dwindle, if you will. <laughs> um, so uh the album itself is kind of uh messy and plodding at points but a lot of the tracks are just really really fun and I think he did a really incredible job of reinventing himself and uh musically anyway and I think he's going to turn a whole new set of people onto this uh, amazing funk music that has really kind of been out of the pop culture consciousness for a while and I think that's an amazing service and I think his own personal brand of it is really fun and uh, makes for a really uplifting album after uh, what was definitely a more subdued and dark album in Because of the Internet. So I want to play a quick track from that or just a little bit from it um, from the second song on the CD which isn't a single um, but I think it's just so fun and gives you such a good feeling of the vibe for this new album. Um, Oh, and as I'm queuing this up to play, I'm seeing the album artwork again. Have you guys seen the yeah, artwork for this thing? Yeah, it's insane.
0: I th- yeah.
2: It is stunning. Like, I, as soon as I saw that album cover, I was like, he is doing something different. Um, I feel like with Sp- the way Spotify is now, you scroll through all the new releases, and they all kind of start looking the same. And this was, again, one of those things where I really thought that he did a great job of his album art not looking like anybody else's. So... Anyway, here is uh, the song Have Some Love. Every part of his, every part of this album seems like something that he would have loved to have sampled on mm-hmm. his previous album. So I'm mm. uh, just really happy to see uh, music and art with this much life in it. And I highly recommend the album
1: um, Awaken My Love. I think for me, I I listened to this album for the first time today, all the way through, um, and I was surprised. I didn't, I hadn't listened to any of the singles, so I didn't know that this was what it was gonna be. It was gonna be like a seventies funk album. <laughs> um, so it definitely took me off guard. Yeah, yeah. I was definitely expecting him to do a lot more rapping, and he did zero rapping in this thing. Um, but I I think his only struggle with this is his his vocal range. Is I don't think his voice is able to hit some of the stuff that he's written uh perfectly well and so i for for me i it's going to take me a while to continue to listen through this to t- to see if i like it or not but that was just the first thing that stood out to me it was like oh he wrote this to sing and uh he's not not quite he's a rapper he's not a singer <laughs> yeah it's interesting cuz i feel like it's almost like he just wrote the music or produced
2: it because he wanted mm-hmm. the music to exist not because he was yeah right for it <laughs> like a lot of it right. it's not even him yeah. singing and he relies that, on a lot on other people some of the best stuff is when yeah. he's not singing right yeah and some of these tracks i skip over they're they're not my favorite but um there's a handful on here that what are some of really your favorite ones to me that i can listen to again that i like okay i really like uh yeah. the one that i just played have some love um mm-hmm. Redbone is another one of my favorites um, mm-hmm. California is really, really fun. Um and then I like zombies. It's kind of kitschy, but I like the kind <laughs> of pitch that it's doing. Um, and then Stand Tall is really cool too. So Cool. All right. That's that's a lot. I think most of the other ones I skip through. But Red <laughs> uh Redbone is my second favorite after Have some Love.
1: Alright.
0: You know, this makes me wonder, Lawson, about Donald Glover's future as a possible, like, producer of Uh other people's work. Um, Uh I just feel, you know, he is so focused on creating his own stuff, his own show, his own music. Um, And I really could see a a really interesting, interesting future in which he becomes not specifically about comedy, but sort of like a Judd Apatow figure in that um, there he just is helping craft... The work of so much like younger talent or like you know interesting new talent. I think he could have such a great point of view to add in in that role, and I'm excited to see if like that if that will come to fruition. Yeah,
2: totally agree.
0: All right, well, thank you very much, Lawson. This week, um, I'm feeling the new stand up special from Pete Holmes called Faces and Sounds uh, yes. that aired this past weekend on HBO. I am a major Pete Holmes fan. I listen to all the stand-up he puts out. If he ever is on a talk show, I'm going to watch that YouTube clip. He used to host a talk show that I watched pretty much every episode of, and he has a podcast that he's been hosting for about five years now that I'm a very dedicated listener to, and his podcast has meant a lot to me on a very personal level. And I, I just adore the guy and uh, his way of communicating with people and a lot of ideas that he has. So when I found out that he had a stand-up special coming out soon, I was excited to watch it. Um, mostly because I don't – I listen to a lot of podcasts with a lot of comedians, but I don't actually watch a ton of stand-up. Um, and that's something that I, I try to as much as I can, but it doesn't yeah. happen a ton. So. To see a live stand (laughs) not live, but like a a video stand-up special um, from one of my favorite comedians was exciting. And I really enjoyed this special. I will say that if you are a diehard Pete Holmes fan like I am, the majority of the special, I had already heard all this material. Um, I've heard it, him doing stuff on his podcast or on his old talk show or as a guest on other late night talk shows. So a lot of it was, like, old material for me. That being said, it's all great (laughs) material. So if you are not a diehard Pete Holmes fan, I highly recommend this special. I think it's a great, especially if you've never really um, experienced any of his stand-up or listened to his podcast, I think this special would be a a great introduction into his personality, his style of humor. Um, It's... Very silly. He likes to mix silly and profound in a way that I enjoy so much. You know, he'll be talking about how saying a certain person's name can make him laugh so hard. And then he'll translate that into how this profound idea of us being able to find joy in the present and not have to worry about achieving joy in the future and like finding joy all around you. And Uh, I just love the way he goes back and forth between ideas that way. So I would highly recommend watching this. Um, I think it was HBO's way of introducing the HBO audience Mm -hmm. to Pete Holmes because later next year, um, he's going to have a sitcom on HBO called crashing that I'm also really looking forward to. Uh, There's a trailer for that that came out recently that I would recommend people watch as well. Um, And so, yeah, I've, Pete Holmes is someone that I, when people talk about podcasts, his podcast is like the number one I always recommend to every single person I meet. And so uh, if that's something you've heard about and you're interested in trying, I would maybe check out this stand-up special first and see if this is the kind of guy you'd want to listen to hours of conversation with.
1: Nice. Is his new TV show Crashing related in any way to the uh, Phoebe Waller-Bridge TV show Crashing?
0: nope not at all they just have the same name
1: they just have the same name
0: okay good to know which it is
2: however related to the dave matthews song crash of course (laughs) assumed but not to the yes not to the early 2000s oscar winner crash (laughs) um so (laughs) no but sandra i was gonna say whenever we i think you and i both went to see him in 2014 at Zanies in nashville and I remembered a lot of the stuff on this special from that standup set that we saw. Oh so I yeah, think some of this stuff may have been stuff that uh, d- hadn't quite made it to uh, like a, a talk show or a podcast thing, but had been refined, refined and honed from uh, from like three years ago. Because I, I thought about it, and he hasn't had a special in, like, three years. It's been kind of crazy.
0: Yeah, I don't remember when his last special came out. Well, he, he had a, he had an album that came out, but I don't know, but it wasn't a special. And I don't remember when the album came out. But, um, you know, one comment that I read on the internet that I'm not saying that this is the case. It was just kind of a theory that I thought was interesting was that maybe it wasn't so much that he had... Uh, like he wanted to do a special as much as it was maybe HBO mm-hmm. asked him to do a special and he used material that he had to put a special together as an introduction for his new show. Um, and I think that that's that's a theory I could buy into. I'm not saying it's the case. I'm not saying that this special is like um, like a mess or anything like that. But um I, it wouldn't surprise me if if it was more an HBO idea than it was a Pete Holmes yeah, idea. Yeah, I could
1: see that. Yeah.
2: It is so exciting to see him with an HBO special, though. I mean, that's like... It is. The pinnacle of stand-up comedy is getting your own HBO special.
0: Yeah. And it's... Like I said, Pete Holmes is... He does not fit in to the HBO climate, in my opinion. And so mm. I'm really excited to... I'm, I'm hoping his new show is well-received. I'm a little nervous about it, though. And... This stand-up special, if you think of HBO stand-up special, I feel like this is very different. It's much more sillier and joyful and um, just a, an easy viewing. Um, I watched it twice. I watched it once. I kind of just watched it. And then I watched it again while I like did my makeup just because it was fun to like have it on. Just out um, of
1: curiosity, how long does it take you to do your makeup?
0: Well... <laughs> It was makeup plus a lot of like skincare stuff, so it didn't take me the full special.
1: Okay, but... okay.
0: Yeah, I, I was right. taking my time. Have you? It was like a. Have you
2: seen Sandra's makeup <laughs> game, Lucas? She's she on Snapchat, all about right? It. Yeah, <laughs> like, she kills it.
0: Yeah, so <laughs> yeah. It, yeah, Really easy to listen to. I, I would recommend it. You know, it's one of those things where Pete Holmes isn't a clean comedian, but he's he's so sweet that he almost seems like he's a clean <laughs> comedian. Um, so I wouldn't recommend necessarily watching this with your parents, but it is something that like, if you put it on, I don't think anyone's going to be offended when you watch it. It's one of those things where it's not going to like, I think, challenge a lot of people like, or, or be challenging in a group setting. Um, and I think that that's something that is nice to have. Uh, I, I like comedy that challenges me and I'm not saying that this is dumb in any way, but I also like comedy that just is like fun and goofy. So that's Pete Holmes is a good example of that.
1: I will definitely, definitely be watching that. It's so good. All right. Well, let's do this arrival thing.
0: It's been out for about a month now, and we, we didn't see it right when it came out. We were all very interested in the new movie Arrival, and so um, we're excited to talk about it. Um, I personally, I want to kind of share my experience before we get into this conversation. I hadn't seen any trailers for Arrival, I'd only seen the posters and had heard just like really positive buzz about it after the election about how like this was a really great movie to see in light of the election that we just had and how dark and depressing it was. Um, What about y'all going into this? How much did you know about Arrival or didn't know? about? So
1: I watched the first trailer, um, realized it was something that I wanted to see and then avoided absolutely everything about this. (laughs) I
2: did the same thing and was very upset because I was militant about avoiding things and uh the day before i saw it somebody at my office uh was not only speaking loudly about the contents of the plot but talking loudly and negatively about the contents of the plot um about things that after seeing it were things that i actually really liked so that was really <laughs> frustrating that Sure. My computer was the one uh, Bluetooth thing to the speaker. So it wasn't even like I could put in headphones to drown it out. I just had to like sit there and try to cover my, like it just, it was lame, but it didn't ruin everything. This movie, uh, it's hard to ruin a movie this good.
0: All right. So Lawson, why don't you start us off then with kind of your initial reactions to Arrival?
2: Yeah, I'll try and keep this quick. Cause I really want to hear what you guys thought of it. Um, I loved it. I completely loved it. Uh, it is, I'm glad I saw it in December, so I don't have to mess with my best movie you'll see all month. <laughs> <I call>. um, <laughs> it was just, it was incredible. Um, the themes that it touched on were profound. The cinematography was breathtaking. The acting was exquisite. And um, the structure of it, I thought, was incredibly intelligent. And beyond that, just the the links they go to to not just make the science fiction, but to make it smart science fiction. Um, science fiction with elements within the film that would take a great deal of work outside of just screenwriting. Like, to to write a story this complex and this nuanced and that works this well on a human level is already an accomplishment, but the fact that this movie went beyond that and brought in all these elements about, um, about language and about... Uh, our place in the universe and uh, the concepts of uh, alien life and all these things and, and all, so many beautiful themes um, but also just specific ways in which they played out in this movie like pragmatic, practical things uh, were so impressive. Like just the story would have been enough but they went the extra mile and did all these things and it made for a, a piece of filmmaking that is like one of my favorite of the year. Uh, undoubtedly so I loved it what did you guys think
1: Dennis Villeneuve did um, Sicario last year which is on my top 10 films of 2015 Um, and he also did Prisoners and Enemy in 2013 both starring Jake Gyllenhaal which was both of those movies were fantastic and profound and all of them have this kind of um, the same I think slow steady approach to filmmaking um, that isn't isn't a blockbuster style. It's very long shots, very, um, a lot of building in these movies, which, especially in this one, I feel like really showed restraint as a filmmaker and confidence just in what you're showing. I mean, you're making a, you're, make, you're making a, a, uh, very high budget sci fi movie um and your main character is a linguist and you're going to get into linguistic studies and stuff like that in this movie <laughs> and yeah the pacing was incredible absolutely and just being able to being able to take us from i mean it, yeah so that I mean this this is this is just a story of basically a a small tiny story of a linguist professor dealing with communicating with aliens that have shown up on earth and that in itself if you saw independence day or um um what is it close encounters of the third third kind yeah are or et well I, I i feel like this more resembles et trying to do like a very small story whereas a lot of those other ones are right. are action movies mm. it's about world domination and fear and um like i battle. Feel, exactly and i feel like i feel like this movie definitely deals with um kind of what what exactly what you'd see if people if if aliens showed up all of a sudden um but it it does it in a more i guess r- confined nature that we only get to see from certain viewpoints which i thought was really great
0: you know this is a pretty obvious i think like comparison but to me if you're if you're curious about what the style of this movie is it was very like chris nolan meets terrence malick and it was um I, I like you said, Lucas, I really love the blend of like what should be a big story. like aliens come mm-hmm. to Earth, a major blockbuster story. And then throughout this film, this like small story of like this one person and how this event affects this person's life. Also, you know, it's it's very evident in what we've been talking about, but just the use of language in this film and how that is the key, um to this entire plot is the learning of languages the development of languages the importance of it um was so fascinating mm-hmm. to me i i want to watch 10 more movies this year that talk about just language um i want to watch blockbusters that are about language i want to watch rom-coms that are just about language. <laughs> like th- it's a fascinating yeah. subject that I wish the film industry would like embrace more as a main plot point. Um, So I had an amazing time with Arrival. Y'all talked about the pacing and throughout a major part of this film, I felt like it was so slow and I can't really decide whether that was a good thing or not. You know, when, while I was watching it, there were so many times where I was like, Oh, this is so slow. And That and I, the only reason why I felt negatively about that is because I think there are a lot of parts of this movie that are incredibly Mm -hmm. tense and left me with like this pit in my stomach that. As a viewer, I was kind of like, "Oh, I can't handle <laughs> this tension. Like, let's get to the, the montage where like progress is made." You yeah, know? I um,
1: when you heard Jeremy um, so, Renner's voiceover, you're like, "Oh, thank goodness!" Right? Uh, yeah, I, 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 I definitely think that that kind of slow pace, um, I it stressed me out and it made me feel uncomfortable. But I, I really liked it because you did feel like there was a ticking clock. Like right. there was like, "Hey, this person has to like." We, we have to figure out what's going on here. We have to get, we have to get things finished. There's a progress that, that needs to be made, and we're not currently making it. <laughs> and I definitely feel like that yeah, played yeah. into um, the story of the, mo- of the movie really, really nicely. I see what you guys are talking about, but like it, it did not feel... I went to
2: a 10 o'clock showing of this movie to see it, and some people who had seen it before me said, let me know if you stay awake. It's kind of a slow one. And I was on the edge of my seat the whole time. Not yeah. in the sense of like a popcorn thriller, but I was enthralled for every minute of it. Even the slow stuff made it felt like you're kind of like what you were saying, Luke. Mm-hmm. Built up the things that happened afterwards and gave them kind of the the weight that they needed yeah. and gave them that room to breathe. I, I loved it. I
0: agree. I when I say slow, I don't mean like boring or dragging i i i really just mean that it, it takes its time in like really sitting mm-hmm. with that tension that mm. um i think it it wants you to be uncomfortable and, yep. and i was <laughs> <laughs> uncomfortable um, um one thing i want to say about like sort of the tone of this movie is that i felt that i went into it a little um ill-prepared i When the election happened, I think this came out the same week as the election Um, Mm -hmm. or, you know, right before or right after. I can't Uh quite remember. But I remember a lot of people seeing it and saying, like, this was such a good movie to see that it was very, like, heartwarming and, like, made you feel good about humanity um, because of it. And so I went into this film expecting a much more, like, sweet and positive tone And when I was in the movie, I was surprised by how, like, dark and tense Mm -hmm. it can be. Um, I don't think the overall outlook of the movie is dark or, like, negative in any way. I think that people were right in that it, like, does make you feel, like, beautiful and profound things by the time the movie is complete. But that is not the tone of the entire movie, I would say. And so... Um, I just kind of wanted to mention that because in case you had heard, a, heard buzz similar to mine um, know that this is like a, a tense emotional experience and not just like a heartwarming, happy throughout mm. experience. Um,
2: I think that's probably part of what made it such a great film I agree. For right after the election. Like it met people right where they were and because of the arc of the film, you leave it with that kind of inspired um, humanist feeling, but you can walk into that movie, especially right after some dark, difficult events, um, and feel right at home in the start of this tone um, that kind of doesn't shy away from a sense of uh, melancholy and not really knowing what comes next.
0: Well, and I don't think that this is spoiling anything in the movie to say that the to- the themes in this movie deal directly with a lot of the things we've been discussing in this election, and it's a lot about, like, the fear of the other. And um, I think it was an important story to, like, have <laughs> at this moment um, for, like, our yeah. culture.
2: Yeah, it felt like this week was just a week of, like, you know, there's hope and just remembering hope. Like, the Dakota Pipeline got rejected and then got to see this movie and I was like all right there's some there's some cracks of light it's a good thing. Yeah,
1: I th- I definitely think it it takes gl- it it looks at globalism in a different in a different view than most Americans have. Um and mm-hmm. I think as a Canadian, he's definitely someone who can do that. <laughs> um and I think I think yeah. it's interesting to see, you know, who are the people that really resonate with that in this movie? Like when you go and watch it, who really connects to, you know, different parts of the globe trying to work together or not wanting to work together. Um, and, and is that something that you, you know, approve of or disapprove of? Cause uh, you know, in, in the election, that is something that was a very, very touchy subject for a lot of people. Um, and see it played out like this from a, I think from an outside perspective, um, is interesting to see kind of, it, it gives it gives people a different lens to look at um, a lot of political issues um, and see if not not necessarily that like a movie like this will change somebody's mind, but I think I think the more the more you can put a face on a lot of these issues, a very specific story, um, which movies and books and TV shows and all the stuff that we talk about, all the, all of that does it puts an actual you know, instance and story in someone's mind when they think about these things. I think that's something that Arrival can do that um, would have been nice before the election too. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I sure would have. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, like you guys said, it's really,
2: it's making me realize even more, like this movie has such a large scope and such a small scale. Um, I was so impressed by how I was able to balance that because I completely agree. There's all of these large... Um, feelings about globalism and like worldwide politics wrapped into this, but the story also feels intensely personal and emotional um, on the very like small level Mm -hmm. of these individual
0: characters. Mm -hmm. So I want to talk about performances. Um, I should, I would say that across the board, I thought performances were just stunning in this film, but I was truly blown away by Amy Adams. Amy Adams to me is one of the greatest talents we have working in this industry. Um, I think, you know, you look at her filmography and all of the best working directors have her in their movies. You know, like she she has such a, a resume of very talent that like wants to work with her and i'm so impressed by her role in this film i'm what did think?
1: i'm gonna call it now she's she's gonna be the next meryl streep she's gonna be she's yeah. gonna be the the nomination yeah. oh, queen this right. is this is gonna happen she hasn't she hasn't won an oscar yet which is insane she's been nominated five times i think this is going to uh she's gonna get a sixth nomination for this i don't know if she'll win but um yeah, right. her her performance was absolutely breathtaking I completely agree i think it's Oscar worthy I
2: think it's nomination worthy but even more so i think it's worth it deserves the win um out of all the films that i've seen this year uh i think you ha- yet, you i agree seen, with
0: though Lawson a lot of the yeah, leading lady films yeah. that are about to be out like it's gonna be that's this, that's true best actress is gonna be the stiffest competition of all the yep. awards this year
2: man well that's great yeah. I'm glad of that yeah but she i'm confident that she'll be able to whether or not she wins that she will definitely be in that nominated bracket um i think the only times i've ever seen amy adams in movies without liking it were movies where she was miscast and i think she did um there was it like trouble with the curve or something she was in some base, yeah she was <laughs> in a baseball <laughs> yes race. with justin but timberlake justin <laughs> Blake, yeah <laughs> right and she did a great job with the lines and everything she was given i just didn't believe for a second that she belonged in the world of that film um every Thing that I've seen her in other than that um, I've loved I, I haven't seen her she's very she's often cast very well and um, does amazingly in the roles that she's given so or the roles that she mm-hmm. earns and takes up I, I think she does a great job I yeah. loved her in this
0: yeah and and I think the rest of the cast is no one's like everyone's great but I think she is so important to this film and so amazing in it that like everyone else just doesn't i don't even feel the need to talk about them i mean y'all feel free to talk about them if you want to (laughs) like i i'm just so you know jeremy renner's in this for forrest whitaker's in this they're both good but it's like no one's doing what amy adams is doing Mm -hmm. you know
1: i i I think jeremy renner as a is a a placeholder person in, (laughs) in 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 this movie like he's just He's just a guy who's supposed to be in this movie, kind of a thing um I think he does a great mm-hmm. job with it, but i don't I don't think like this is a this is a story about Amy Adams character, and that's a and that is it right and um but i think I think that's great
0: you know my distaste yeah. for Jeremy Renner as a human being <laughs> is at con- is that constant conflict with when he's in films. I'm like, yeah, you're doing good at this like. In this movie, I'm like, yes, <laughs> yeah. you were good in this role, and like, I have zero complaints about your performance. But I am so distaste; I just don't like you. And so I'm, <laughs> it's, in my head is like, oh, I'm looking for <laughs> a reason not to like you, but I can't find see, it yet. See, for me,
1: I don't think he has a lot of charisma, and he doesn't have like, he is. I, I tweeted this earlier this week, but he is. Like the original version of Sam Worthington, um, who's he's just he's just a guy mm. who's in a movie. He's just right. there. He's just the white guy that you cast in a role. And now Jai Courtney is taking on that role as well. But he's just someone you put in a movie. <laughs> Jai
0: Courtney has charisma. I don't think so.
1: Again, I haven't seen Suicide Squad, but I <laughs> that guy is. <laughs>
0: uh, that's and well, and I'm I've only seen Suicide oh, Squad. Oh, really? So. Oh, man. <laughs> he's like. Yeah, I, at least Jeez,
1: that I know he's, of. I, I know you've seen it. He's in, like, so many things. Um, like what? It's it's this exactly that's happening, as nobody knows. Um, he's in Divergent. Shit. Did you see Divergent? Right. <laughs> the Divergent movies? It's no. terrible. Did you see A Good Day to Die Hard? No. Also terrible. I remember um, the ter- The new Terminator movie?
0: No.
1: Also terrible. Um, he was in... <laughs> all right, let's get some good stuff. He was in Jack Reacher? Okay. Tom Cruise? No. Uh, I mean, he was... It was whatever in it, but the, the movie was at least good. Yeah. <laughs> um he was in Unbroken. No, nope. no. All right. All right. <laughs> Suicide Squad kind of it is. Movies. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Oh man.
0: I would say he has a little he can have personality in Suicide Squad right. for as awful as that film was. And I don't think his role is anything good in that, but you know, I don't think okay. he was bland well, I, either. I, anyway. I will say
2: I was impressed by I don't know if impressed is the right word, but I thought he did a great job in this role.
0: Jeremy Renner. As,
2: yes, you're, Jeremy Renner playing a You're coming a back to the movie that we're um, supposed to be reviewing, right? Right,
0: yeah, right. Got it. Yes, <laughs> okay. that's
2: what I'm doing. Um, so uh, playing a sign. I've seen him in so many action-adventure mm-hmm. movies, um, and obviously in all the Marvel movies. Uh, I think he brought... I didn't know if he could be kind of this approachable... Um, Maybe maybe approachable, intellectual. Yeah, that's the right word. um, Type of person, and I thought he did a great job of seeming like a guy who just loved physics um, more than he spent time on his social skills, but wasn't you know inept either. Like could lead a team, but also, um, I just thought he was very believable as an academic. Mm. So, which I did not know if he would be able to do before this. So, but I agree with you. Amy Adams had to carry emotion that touched different parts of the movie at once. I don't know how quite to talk around this, but like her performance did.
0: Um, we can get to it in spoilers, that, I think. Yeah. I I, I, yeah. I know but, what you were trying to say.
2: Yeah. Um. She did great. Oh, yeah.
0: You know, Amy Adams, I think was so good in this movie that this doesn't happen every time I leave a film, but there are certain movies and certain performers that like, when I leave a film, I like feel that performance in myself as I'm existing, Mm -hmm. like interacting with the world outside of the theater. And like, as I'm like driving home from the theater or if I like am doing shopping or whatever I'm doing, like after I immediately see that movie, like that performance is still kind of embedded in my head. And I, I just I'm seeing like the world through that character's lens. And I think Amy Adams did that for me with this movie. Um, and I just yeah, I, I think it was really, really profound.
1: Yeah. There's nothing more you can ask for in a performance than that. That's, <laughs> that's right? about it. I yeah. I
0: do also want to say. I don't think he I think he was very underserved as a character but the actor Michael oh, Stuhlbarg yeah. played Agent Halpern in this and he's just an actor that I love seeing in movies yeah. and so um he's yeah, been he's in great. like everything yeah. this so year I, was, I feel like he's
1: <laughs> right but.
0: I really enjoyed him in um, Steve Jobs yep. last year
1: you didn't enjoy him in Doctor Strange yeah. the like great, two man. scenes that he had
0: <laughs> <laughs> right yeah those like six yeah. lines yep. that he got <laughs> yeah
2: oh man uh i also want to mention the score yes the music in this is gorgeous Mm -hmm. and so inventive so evocative and a perfect compliment i think so much of the mood of this movie the cinematography was incredible um and very kind of touching but i think the thing that really helped solidify the, the themes and the, the feeling that of this movie was uh Johan Johansson's score. I think yeah. he did an incredible job.
0: And sound design. Like not just music that's being played, but like the way sound.
1: For is sure.
0: Um yeah. Um I think we're gonna talk about the production of, uh, the like the technical aspects of the production more in the spoiler mm-hmm. section. Um because I d I don't I think part of like the joy of this movie is being revealed to the way things mm-hmm. look. Um In fact, that's one of the things I was so sad that, like, I was spoiled for me by, like, movie posters um, was like, certain aspects of the production Mm -hmm. design. But I do want to just say that it is, I think, really stunning work and incredibly creative um, visuals that I, you know, I think are so unique to this film. So if you're someone who is excited by that, this is a movie you should definitely see.
1: Definitely, and I would recommend if you're the kind of person who normally listens to spoilers f- before a movie, um, this one I would just recommend not. It's there's not like a, a there's right. not like crazy twists or anything in this movie, um, but overall, you're not going to get the emotional feel of this movie if you listen to what we're about to talk about.
0: And so. and not just emotional, <laughs> like I feel like this movie is the kind of movie that the whole point of it, I think is made clear to you if you don't know what's going to happen going in. Whereas like with other films like I feel like if I know the plot I can still like understand the film. <laughs> like I think like not knowing the plot is very important to really comprehending this film. Not knowing the plot going into it, but
2: yeah. yeah. Also you've made it this long. It's no, it's December 5th. Like it's been out almost a month. <laughs> yeah. Like you can wait until you see the movie <laughs> to That's listen true. to this next part. Right.
0: All right. So it sounds like we're ready for spoilers.
1: Let's do it. Before we get started. Does anyone want to get out? Are you paying attention? It's your last chance to walk away. Let me tell you what's going to happen. now. Crack and gas.
0: Spoilers.
1: Remember you wanted this.
0: Okay. So where should we get started? Um, let's, let's get the big out of the big, out of the way. Like with, there really is kind of a twist. Do you want to, let's. T- we wanna yeah. I this, didn't want to tell people there was a
1: twist. The,
0: <laughs> right.
1: The eternal sunshine of the spotless mind. I think we're ruining that movie now. Jeez. Wait, what do
0: You've you mean? You've seen that. Have you not seen? You haven't seen eternal no, sunshine? No, I have. I
1: just, I'm saying for other people. Other people listen to this, guys.
0: Oh. <laughs> oh.
1: No, that's that's a theme. You don't know. get, okay. Lawson, well, uh, this is me joking. It's... I know it's very different from how you joke, but. <laughs>
0: <Okay>. <laughs> While we're talking about Eternal Sunshine, though, um, I know that I don't believe in, I believe you can spoil a movie that's been out for that long, but just in case, <laughs> spoilers for Eternal Sunshine. Um, yeah, this, the idea that she has at the very end of the movie that like all of the pain that she knows is Mm going to happen is worth reliving, like, for the joy that she knows she also will get to experience, Mm -hmm. I think is so beautiful. And, yeah, exactly the same plot of, like, Eternal Sunshine. Um, And I I loved, loved that message Mm -hmm. at the end. That's why Eternal Sunshine is one of my favorite movies, specifically because of that message.
1: I think the the way it, it kind of... I guess, does the reveal. It's not, it's not a, it's, it's, it doesn't treat it like a reveal that. When
0: did you, when did it click for you, Lucas? Like that, that the, that her daughter's life was happening in the future that's, and not the past. Like when was the Yeah, see, that's
1: the thing. It? For me, there wasn't really a moment. It just kind of came to me as I was watching it. I was like, oh, she's seeing time in, you know, as a, time as a flat circle, you know, true detectives, blah, blah, blah. It's, um, <laughs> yeah, it, yeah. <laughs> it, it, yeah. Her time is a exactly. squiggly blocked. Yeah, to me circle. to me there wasn't like an all of a sudden like oh my gosh this is you know she's seeing the future it it was just kind of a a soft reveal i guess for me so i can't tell you the exact moment see
0: for me it was exactly when we see the framed drawing of the little girl and you see the bird in the uh-huh. cage and and as soon as like i realized like oh she drew her parents and that bird in the cage like oh jeremy mentors her dad mm. this is happening the little girls in the future. Yeah. Um, I think,
1: I th- I yeah, think like, at that moment, I knew, but it didn't feel like a okay. reveal to me. Like, at that moment, I knew all of those things. But it didn't feel yeah. like it all of a sudden just hit me. It felt like, yeah, this makes sense. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. I knew
2: <laughs> I knew when the girl at my office said, I could totally tell that all the stuff happening at the first is going to be at the end. Oh, gosh. Like, I know. I know. I was so mad. Yeah.
0: Um,
2: But it's still, the movie was mm -hmm. still beautiful beyond that. Yeah. But, um, and it's kind of nice to know that it was more of a soft reveal, that there wasn't like some large moment that I missed out on.
0: So a question that I had leaving this film and that I still kind of have, my understanding, my interpretation was that because she's learning their language, Time is not linear for her in her head anymore. And she can see into the future, or what we consider the future, um, because this language, like, opens up that capability in her head. I don't think it
1: was necessarily the language itself did that. I think it was her experience learning the language and communicating with the aliens did that. So that, like, if... Because at the end, she publishes the book about learning the language. And I don't necessarily think that... Everybody learns the language, and everybody sees the future. That
0: yeah. was my question: Was that does everyone start to see the future? I don't <laughs> think
1: so.
2: Well, how how well do you guys keep up with your duolingu? <laughs> like, what it, it's like it's still learning no, know, a new language. I
0: know it wouldn't be instant, but like theoretically, everyone who thoroughly learns this language would start to be able to see into I th- the future. Over the yeah. course of a long time, I think that time. could, yeah. Like,
2: I think that was the the posit of the movie was that if you did learn this language to a point approaching fluency, like where you would dream in that language or start to think in that language, right?
1: Um, then the way that you saw that, time
2: would change that that I, I guess like, makes more
1: sense to Like, it's it's the fluency aspect of it. You you get to a point right, to where you it, live in that language.
0: I guess my thinking is though, like. She's not the only person that's going to be fluent in this Correct. language. Like, she, you know, like, eventually there will right. be other people fluent, and eventually they would also be able to see into the Correct. future.
2: Right, which is what the aliens wanted because they would need their help in 3,000
1: years. Right. But but we yeah. also have to okay. realize that Jeremy Renner's character never did, never could see the future.
2: Right. He, ne- he was never learning the language. He was doing, working on the future. But he was also he was learning, learning
1: the language throughout the film.
0: I feel like Jeremy Renner's character couldn't see as clearly into the future or under or like or at least he comprehended that he was seeing into Mm -hmm. the future the way that amy adams character was because he's because she's like language is her thing like she has this brilliant mind that like processes languages and that's not Mm. his thing so even though he was learning the language and that might be like seeping into his psyche like it wasn't as like proficient as her like Her psychic abilities are more refined than anyone else's in the world at this point in time. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah.
2: I love that this movie feels so human and real and that it also can have a sentence in its review that's like her psychic abilities (laughs) (laughs) were
1: more. No. Sorry, go ahead, I I would love to talk about the production stuff, just the production design and everything like that. Um, These ships themselves, I think, are gorgeous. And I know this. this – movie is based off of a short film and that a lot of this comes from, um, comes from that.
0: I think it's a short or sorry, story. Sorry,
1: a short, yeah. Did I say short film? Yeah. So, sorry, yeah. this film is based off of a short story and a lot of the ideas and stuff come from that. Um, uh, but just the execution of it is fantastic. I can't, I can't like mm-hmm. the, the ship design, the way gravity worked and the way that was visually, you know, explained, um, very, so very, unique. very unique, and I couldn't. I, I, th- I think as we talked about at the, the beginning, like they spent a lot of time getting into the ship and having that first kind of meeting with with the, um, with the aliens, and I think that was so useful and just kind of having them, we or having us experience their first interactions with this completely new life form and completely new technology. um, We kind of experienced it in real time with them, which I thought was really, really important.
0: It made me sad that I knew what the spaceships looked like going into this film because the film like really doesn't show them to you until she arrives to the site. And it like really builds up that reveal of like what Mm -hmm. these like ships look like. And it was... So frustrating to have that built into the film, even though I already knew what they looked like going into yeah, it. Yeah,
1: yeah. I don't think there's any way you can market this movie without showing the spaceships. But I... I yeah, that's yeah, tricky. But I completely agree. It would have been nice to, to not know that.
0: Right.
2: Yeah. Our... Future generations will be able to see this movie for the first. Well,
1: even then, it will probably be on the DVD case. Oh, I don't know. You think future ge- generations are going to have DVDs? Well, but they'll
0: they'll Ooh, have the, cover- be on the artwork. <laughs> yeah, I'm changing yeah. all my
1: cover art for this
0: movie. <laughs> <laughs> just like a white with just like the bl- word in exactly, black arrival, exactly. like no yeah. art yeah. whatsoever. Yeah. Oh man. Um, we've got to talk about how stunning the written heptapod language loved um that ink visualization i think was so so beautiful um i i one of my favorite things about the way it looked was obviously that it didn't look like a linear symbol like that it was you know it was circular the way that time is supposed to be and like that reflects in their language that like there's not really past or present tense and um and so but i also loved how when they would get close to the graphic that the ink wasn't just like still Mm -hmm. or like splat onto that wall it was like a moving fluid Mm -hmm. um like it's just like floating it was that was so beautiful to me
1: yeah i i i think this is the definitely the most unique (laughs) language we've ever seen portrayed in film Mm -hmm. um that, that I think, was what I loved about it was that it, it, it's not something that we could figure out. It's not something that we could comprehend by watching it. Um, and right. they really took their time having her figure it out and learn. And just we, we got a lot of detail on how that language works and all the little, yeah. you know, nuances to the blobs of of ink um, and just kind of how that how, – how each one is a sentence or a thought or a – you know – with 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 less right. structure Not the, like
0: each symbol meant exactly. a word but like the splatters of ink in the symbol mean mm-hmm. different words yeah. you know like and to see her like piecing together that sentence on like that tablet with like different splatters into like one circle was so mm-hmm. cool
2: yeah that was totally awesome and i just this movie did such a good job of taking three extra steps back and thinking about the extra things that we take as assumptions when we think about meeting mm-hmm. beings from another planet. right. Like, and I appreciated that so much. The fact like is kind of what I was saying before on how this movie was a great story, but went the extra mile to do all this other stuff that just took it to an entirely different level. I was blown away by the language. And like you said, Sandra, the fact that the just even how the aliens lifted up, their arms to like release it was just the way it realized was fully gorgeous and cool and unique and interesting and otherworldly um and like just barely Mm -hmm. comprehensible when you saw that happen you saw how intense of a challenge it would be to know what was going on and felt the sense of wonder at the fact that it was happening anyway like oh, crap, there's something there. Like, we can take what's there and try to figure out what's going on, but also what the hell. Like, I felt all the things that it seemed like Amy Adams and uh, the characters in that movie were portraying through the way that that scene was uh, directed and shot. I just, and through the design, it was just, it was amazing.
0: One thing I want to bring up about Amy Adams' performance that I thought was really interesting, and this is like kind of a vague interpretation that I have that I'm not saying is, like, might not be technically accurate to the film. But, like, so, at the beginning of the movie, when Amy Adams is just, like, a linguist professor, she has this, like, somber personality that we're assuming is because she has a dead kid. You know, like... We assumed it was grief. start the film... Right, we're thinking, like, Mm -hmm. oh, she is a person with like a dead kid. And that's why she's like this kind of personality. And then by the end, you realize that that's not the case. She hasn't even had the kid yet. And sort of my, and that, so to me, it's either one of two things, either that is just naturally her personality, you know, and, um, you know, it Mm -hmm. was just kind of a misdirection that the, the filmmakers were doing, or what I like to think of it is that, this grief that she's going to experience in the future is somehow leaking into her personality in the past. And she doesn't even know why at that point, you know, that this whole idea that like time is circular and that um, like you, your, your past and present self can like interact with each other is already starting to happen to her. Even before she has that like language Mm -hmm. capability um, and so I just I think that that's a cool thing that like could be the case in that performance. I'm not saying it's like necessarily mm. makes sense with the film, but it's like what yeah. I like to imagine. The way
1: the way I viewed
2: it, oh, I think go it's for a beautiful, it. Oh, I just saying, I think that's a beautiful way of thinking about people in general. Right. Like the way that you meet certain people and their old souls and certain people are just full of joy. Like there's So many things that inform personality and some of it we know about through psychology and things like that. But some of it we don't fully know. And there's these senses of deja vu that we get and all these things that may be um, interactions with time that, you know, this movie beyond just saying there's a point at which she starts learning this language and the way she perceives time becomes different says the way we think about time in general is different than the way we think about it and maybe interacting with the world in different ways that we're unaware of. So just, like, the fact that that theme was shown in this and that it was kind of like she had to be the person that she was at the start of this film to be the person who could go into, know that her daughter would die of a a rare disease and still choose to go into that to experience the love of it like maybe if she had been a bubbly like refusing to live in a world where anything is sad type person she wouldn't have been able to take that on right but because she was that kind of person and so just the idea that future events can inform the way that you start becoming in the past like I don't even know how to put words to it but I think that there's some kind of beautiful
1: Theme in there that I I love. See
2: that. for love for me, Lucas, yeah, for,
1: for me, I've I viewed it more as she is a quiet, closed person at the beginning of this movie, and we see her blossom throughout it, and we see that she is happier at the end of the movie, even though now she has the knowledge that her daughter is going to die. <laughs> um, that right. that even even through that, she has found more happiness through that grief and through. Um, They're knowing she's going to go through that those experiences um, than she was living her smaller, more, um, I guess, excluding life that she that she was living before.
0: This is like a a nitpicky plot detail that I'm just curious about. Um, You know, we we learn that Jeremy Renner's character leaves Mm -hmm. Amy Adams character after they're together because he's angry that she uh when he finds out about like the fact that his like she tells him that their daughter is going to die mm-hmm. you know um and it makes me curious I, I, it doesn't matter to the plot of the film i think either works um whether he was angry that she told him that their daughter was going to die or whether he was angry that she let them have a daughter that even though she that they even though she knew that the daughter was going to die. I would guess you know? all the
1: above. That would. <laughs> yeah. 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 I love mm-hmm.
2: that they left that open right. and let him feel like uh, a sympathetic yeah. character in that way because I could see being upset like, I'm part of this, I will be equal parent with this child too. How, if you knew that, could you not tell mm-hmm. me before we had a kid? Right. Like, we need to talk through that and come up with that decision together. Like, Except she could see in
0: the future that he was going to, like, be upset about it. and
2: Right. It's complicated. So, yeah. Ah. I know. That's another thing, like, what predestination is kind of, like, they don't get too mucked down in it, mm-hmm. which I really appreciated. They had other themes to deal with, and they did a better job addressing those, but kind of, like, the question, if you saw the future, would mm-hmm. you change things question? Mm-hmm. I, The movie really left it open, like did she have a choice or not which i thought was interesting yeah um again didn't linger on it but kind of like it was there and i
0: like the idea that like the answer is both yes and no like Mm -hmm. like yes you can change it and then also like there are things that you can't um which i think is fitting for like the way the real world works you know there are things Mm -hmm. you can and can't um This is another obvious comparison I'm going to make, but did either of y'all ever get into Doctor
1: Who? (laughs) more than, more than you know, (laughs) it's Brit. Is it British? (laughs) I think so. (laughs) Right.
0: Okay. So I only watched Lucas, the fifth and sixth season of Doctor Who, the ones with Matt Smith. The Tumblr ones. (laughs) Right, the Tumblr ones. <laughs> no, that's a fitting, fitting description. That's so accurate. <laughs> um. Anyway, so this, you know, I felt a lot of the same like plot devices, and not in a in a much more like somber mm-hmm. way than than Doctor mm-hmm. Who would have used. But a lot of those, you know, the idea that time is a circle and that you know choices you make now are affecting choices you make in the future that are also affecting the choices you make in the past, and um. I You know, just a lot of those Doctor Who yep. memories came flooding yep. back to me. Yep.
1: All good ones. All good ones.
0: Right. Yeah. All good ones.
1: <laughs> oh, man. Guys, this was a good movie. It was such a good yeah, movie. I
0: You know, it was one that I was hurt hearing such good things about, but because I hadn't seen a trailer, I hadn't had like this drive yeah. to see it. And I'm so thankful that yeah. I did.
2: Um, one last thing I want to say before we wrap up is I love that this movie is at this intersection of like art house meets blockbuster like this movie would have been so at home in an art house theater and it is so well suited to the giant screens of multiplexes um it's just such a testament to the fact that movies like this can still be written get made win awards and be uh audience favorites. Like I just I, I want more. <laughs> I want more like this and I'm so glad that this happened. There were like one of the things I noticed when the movie was starting was there were like five different production houses um Yeah. like you know how the title sequence yep. is like so and so films a such and such production. It seemed like there were a lot on this um to get it done. So I hope that the stu- the production companies and studios that um put up the money and resources to make this happen um, more money and get more uh, jobs because of this because these kind of movies are needed and
1: uh, it's really great.
0: I agree. All right, well let's wrap it up and tell everyone where they can find us online. Um, You can find our podcast Twitter account at Feeling It Pod. We're on iTunes, we're on SoundCloud, we have a Facebook. We love hearing from people, especially on Twitter. That's where I think we're all the most active, so um, but anywhere you can find us um, give us a shout if you have any you want to contribute about this episode or any past episodes or future episodes um, oh. <laughs> I'm Sandra and my social media is at Sandra Omstutz. my last name is spelled A-M-S-T-U-T-Z go find me on Twitter, Snapchat and Instagram
2: uh, I'm Lawson you can find me on uh, like t- Sandra said most active on Twitter also Instagram
1: letterboxed pretty much all social media at Lawson West. And I'm Lucas Wright. You can find me everywhere at Lucas and Stuff. The end. (laughs) Bye. 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 Thank you. Bye now. Goodbye. Go away. I'll see you soon, okay? That's it. Go home? Yep. Moving along, Padre. Goodbye, old friend.
0: That's it. That's our
2: show for tonight, people.